This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Julie Kwasinski is CFIB's Director of Provincial Affairs, and you guys have been so, so busy lobbying for small business, trying to get the federal aid programs just right. And uh, it's been a real tough grind. I mean, for, for commercial businesses, it's been a nightmare. And, and the provincial, um, you know, the province did and, put, and is putting forward legislation so that landlords cannot evict their tenants. Um, again, this has been a nightmare because for a lot of the businesses, it comes too late. It is too late for some. Obviously, the way the legislation is going to be worded, anyone that was evicted before June 3rd, this legislation won't help them. However, Looking forward, this is a very appreciated move by the Ontario government because mm-hmm. what it will do is it makes evictions illegal that happen between June 3rd and August 31st. So that means if somebody is evicted between June 3rd and when the legislation is actually passed, those yeah. evictions will have to be reversed based on what the government has put out publicly to date. Yeah. I mean, the federal government never should have, um, you know, put the so much power, I think, in the landlord's hands, not because landlords are bad people. I don't want to paint them all as evil. A lot of them have, in fact, worked with their tenants and a lot of them are small, um, you know, landlords. So it's just extra income. So I don't want to villainize all. But again, a big part of the problem was that the federal government put the power in the landlord's hands and some want to sell the real estate and, and, and not have a tenant. And some have just used it as an excuse to get rid of tenants. And so that has has been, I think, the biggest, um, you know, failure from the get-go on this program. Yeah, I think the issue actually is twofold. Um, it's not an easy program for the landlords to navigate either. Right. Yeah. I mean, Alex, we've heard some basically red tape nightmares. Mm-hmm. Everything from a landlord being on hold for four hours just to get their login information verified, to a landlord going on, filling out all that needs to be filled out. And I guess you can only do 10 tenant applications at once, and then you have to go through again. Mm -hmm. And the same landlord, two days later, they were told, sorry, application rejected, start again. And then the other thing, too, is the 70% revenue loss criteria that a business is required to meet, or in this case, the commercial tenant. That is extremely high, because if you're averaging the April, May, and June rent, and it has to be an average of at least 70% revenue loss for the three months combined. Mm-hmm. What if you've started to open, say in June, and your numbers are going to go up? So that 70% has to be lowered for sure. This yeah. program needs to be fixed, but Alex, at least they have the tenant protection through the temporary ban forthcoming yeah. that allows them to then fix this program while tenants are not getting thrown out on the street. True. There are a lot of complexities facing, you know, the governments now as we, we reopen. I mean, the, the, the reality is uh, there's going to be a lot more pain before it starts to get better. One of the things uh, that we're you know, seeing now is the federal government has to push people off the CERB, which is running out, unless that thing goes on forever, which it can't. Uh, but they've got to 
you know, stop that program and millions of people need to get back to work. But the reality of that situation, as you well know, is that a lot of the businesses either will not survive or will not be able to hire back as much staff uh, than they did before um, because their situation has changed. Uh, that is going to be a very difficult program to wind down. Oh, absolutely. Now, fortunately, fortunately, the wage subsidy program has been extended until the end of August. So, um, and they're making changes to that too, as I understand. Um, they're consulting to see if it can apply to even more businesses. Mm -hmm. And that allows the opportunity for um an employee's wages, 75% of the wages of the employee to be covered by the federal government and the remaining 25% by the business. So that's a good bridge to better times. And that's something that we had fought very vehemently for early, early on in the days. And Alex, that's not something traditionally CFIB would fight for, right. yep. but the times are changing. And it was very, very clear that if a government is coming in to shut your business down so that you can contribute to stop the spread of COVID-19, then government needs to help. Because a lot of these businesses, Alex, hair salon, best example. Right. Yep. Zero revenue for months, for a quarter, yet bills are piling up. And one of those bills is rent. One of the highest fixed costs of any business owner is rent. In Ontario, we surveyed our members. I think it works out to an average of $9,950 a month. But obviously, in, in Toronto, that would be higher. Yeah. But I mean... Uh, Desperate times require desperate measures, and everybody wants to get to the other side of COVID-19 being healthy, but I mean, the reality is, and we just surveyed our members, we do a lot of surveying, uh, Alex, to, to hear the pulse of the small business nation, and we found out that only 37% of businesses in Ontario are now open. Mm -hmm. But 12% say that their sales are back to normal. Only 12%. Yeah, yeah that's so, sobering. Yeah, even if you're open, you can't yeah. just snap your fingers and the revenue is going to magically appear as it was before. Yeah, no, they've got a lot of overhead that they've got to get rid of. They can't over, you know, they can't buy in uh, the fall stuff because they've got too much left over from the spring that they couldn't move. They've got to discount that, and then they've got to hope that customers will come in. And customers out of work don't generally like to spend money, so there are a lot of challenges with this. I do want to ask you about this because you know we're now regionally opening up across the province, and there are a lot of smaller regions that are caught in the GTHA. You've got Niagara Falls, a major tourist area; they can't open. You've got areas, a couple of mayors in Norfolk and Haldeman who are protesting now because they can't open because of Toronto. And they're saying, well, you know, why can't our restaurants and our hair salons open up uh, when Toronto and the GTA are the big problems? So that is also a fight brewing. Absolutely. And again, I am not a medical professional. The Premier has assured everyone in Ontario that these decisions were made by the health table and the Chief Medical Officer of Health. But he did say in the news conference today that things will be moving. And the Minister of Health said yesterday that every Monday, the government will appear in its news conference with an update on whether or not a new region can be added to the list. So um, everybody feels the pain. I mean, we have members in Niagara region mm -hmm. or hairdressers yeah. who are saying, I'm in a region that can't open, help me. 
So it's really, really tough because there is, there's a health aspect and there's the economic aspect too. But I think everyone will likely agree now that we've been through this, that this is more than a health crisis. Sure. It's a health crisis and an economic crisis together. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, if we look back in a decade, it'll be interesting to see how things went, where we went wrong. But for now, while we're in it, it is a lot of pain for millions of people across this province. No questions about it. Lots of challenges. Julie, we'll talk again. And hopefully next time, maybe we start to see better numbers, better news. But uh, for now, we're just in this. And I appreciate your time. I appreciate being interviewed. Thanks, Alice. Take care.